1: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. Our reading tonight comes from Isaiah, the forty-second chapter. The prophet Isaiah, the forty-second chapter, and um, let's begin from the eighteenth verse. Isaiah forty-two verses eighteen. He says, "Hear you, deaf, and look." you blind that you may see who is blind but my servant israel i'm reading the amplified version who is blind but my servant israel or deaf like my messenger whom i have sent who is blind like the one who is at peace with me who has been admitted to covenant relationship with me yes who is blind like the lord's servant verses 20 painfully. He says, you've seen many things but you do not observe or apprehend their true meaning. His ears are open but he hears not. It was the Lord's pleasure for his righteous sake, that is in accordance with a steadfast and consistent purpose, to magnify instruction and revelation and glorify them. But this is a people robbed and plundered. They are all of them snared in holes and hidden in houses of bondage. They've become a prey with no one to deliver them, a spoil with no one to say restore them. This shows the condition that will ensue as Israel's punishment for not recognizing the servant of the Lord and the day of his visit among them. Now, I want to give context to this portion of scripture because this is a lamentation of the prophet Isaiah concerning God's people and the recognition that there were people in that time which were blind or deaf spiritually and unfortunately in them which Isaiah professes to be blind are his servants. The people that Isaiah says were deaf were messengers whom he God had sent. He recognizes them blind which are at peace with him. This blindness or deafness was not to fallen people. This blindness Or deafness was to god's own people his choice servants and messengers and why were they blind not because god did not send revelation to them Uh uh-uh the bible says as the verse follows in verses 20 you have seen many things for a fact they had visions from god they had a relationship enough with him god to have visions but the bible says they would not observe or apprehend the true meaning. Their ears were open, they could hear God, but they would not hear the full instruction of what God was actually telling them. Remember the people I'm talking about here are not men which are opposed to God. They were at peace with God. They were his servants, they were his messengers. The Bible says but they were blind and they were deaf. And heaven kept sending revelations. Heaven kept sending instruction. The voice of God was clear and present to them. But in what they saw, they could not apprehend or interpret. In what they heard, they could not understand the voice that was said. And yet the Bible says, It was the Lord's pleasure for His righteous sake. To magnify instruction and revelation and glorify them. To magnify revelation and instruction so that he will give them glory. It was the pleasure of the Lord that when he is dealing with his righteous, he would give them revelation and instruction, magnify it, magnify. That's demystification. Demystification means that he would want to show them something and explain it to them fully so they can understand it. And for such, then glorify them. It was the will of the Father. But even that which was given was not interpreted. That which was sent for revelation and instruction was not demystified. It was not broken down for their understanding. And because of that, the Bible says in verses 22, they became a people that were robbed and plundered. They are people snared in holes hidden in houses of bondage. They've become a prey to disease. They've become a prey to bondage. They've become a prey to suffering. They've become a prey to sorrow. They've become a prey to strife. They've become a prey to struggle. They have become a prey to trouble. They've become a prey to every manner of attack. Their houses are houses of bondage. They cannot sleep. They don't have peace. They are restless. There is nothing in their lives that actually works right even though they belong to the Lord. I'm not talking about people who don't have a relationship with God. I'm talking about people who have a relationship with God. Do they love their God? They pray, they probably go to church, they attend fellowships like anybody else, but they are plundered. They are spoiled. The devil has robbed their peace. The devil has robbed their joy. The devil has robbed their opportunities. The devil has manipulated their ways. He has corrupted their visions. He has frustrated their experiences. It is a life that is not admirable because it's full of pain upon pain, trouble upon trouble, attack upon attack, failure upon failure, infirmity upon infirmity, weakness upon weakness, and that's the life they live. But the Bible says they are at peace with him. They are not at war with him. They are not rebellious. They are blind. They are not insolent. They are deaf. They don't see. They don't hear. And so in our present culture, do you know what we say? Oh, you have generational curses. Oh, you have a curse from your auntie. Oh, you have a curse from your uncle. That is true for a man who does not have a relationship with God, who is not born again. Are you following? But when it comes to salvation, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, any man, whether he came from a family of witchcraft, whether he came from a family that is indifferent, whether he came from a family of people that were flying in the air, you know, astral projecting and doing all manner of sorcery and dark magic, regardless of where they come from. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, that man is a new one, creation. The Bible says, all things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. And the Bible says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and he has given us and to us the ministry of reconciliation. All things are of God to that new man. So for the new creature of whom all things are passed away and now behold, all things have become new and all things of this new creature are of God. This new creature cannot have a generational curse. Are you following what I'm saying? They cannot be possessed by their grandmothers, uncles, aunties, devil. It's not supposed to be so. But the Bible says he sent them instruction and revelation. And not only did he give it to them, he magnified it for their glorification. Like you might get a magnifying glass and put it on some writings or readings. And then you put it there. And then they are what? magnified they become bigger for you to be able to read and understand he has magnified in other words there is a deliberate spiritual elucidation a breaking down of things for them to easily comprehend apprehend connect and get it in their spirit the bible says they are not able and because of that they are plundered. because of that they're spoiled because of that they live in houses of bondage because of that They are a prey to anything. Because of that, nobody can restore them. And those are the kinds of Christians who go prophet to prophet, apostle to apostle, teacher to teacher, evangelist to evangelist. Today here they come, oh, cast it out. It has refused. I think I'm going to go to another place. Cast it out. It has refused. Oh, cast it out, apostle. Ten years, I always tell people, how can somebody have a demon for 10 years, 15 years, 2 years, 20 years, 60 years? You have been praying against the same generational thing. Now that you discover that it was generational, how come you have not dealt with it? Are you following what I'm saying? How come you have not dealt with it? When you got to know what it was, how come what is functional in your life cannot fix it? Now you understand why Hosea says, my people perish for." the demons that were sent no that's why Isaiah does not say my people perish because in their family there's some auntie who bewitched all of them so they don't get married uh-uh. he says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge for a lack of knowledge and if you read the amplified version of that he says my people are destroyed listen for a lack of knowledge because you born again christians the priestly nation have rejected knowledge have rejected knowledge have rejected knowledge how do we reject knowledge because some people do it deliberately and some do it even without knowing it that they are rejecting knowledge somebody shout hallelujah shout glory to god i believe that there are things that are not supposed to happen to children of god or if they should I believe they must be fixed. They brought me a lady. She had stage four cervical cancer. And then she was taken to Malago Hospital. And the doctors tried to give her chemotherapy. And her body reacted so badly to chemotherapy that they had to take her off chemotherapy. And so they brought that woman to me to pray for. Very sick. And then we prayed with the lady. And then this lady came back after two months. And this lady said to us and said, I've just been at the doctors and they could not find cancer in my body. They could not find cancer. So we started to engage her in a conversation. And I realized that this woman knew the power of being born again. Not of flesh and blood, not the will of man, but of God. When she was speaking, I saw that she understood what it means to be a child of God. She just came because she needed somebody who could believe for her healing. But you could see she knew what it means to be a child of God. You see, some of us don't understand that when you became a child of God, a child of God, I might not guarantee this thing to come in your body. But this is what I can guarantee. That you are different. Even when it's in your body, it knows that you are different. Somebody shout hallelujah. The world understands you that you are different. The Bible says even though you are in this world, you are not of this world. And that is true. Sometimes you pray with people who don't even carry the consciousness that they're children of God. You pray for them and feel that they only think that they're human beings. Believe in God for a miracle. And that's okay if they're not born again. But it's not okay if you are born again. It's not okay if you are born of the Spirit. To think that you heal like any other normal human being. No. No Normal human being heal But without the life of God within what you release you can only release on their body yes people which are not born again get healed you pray for them and they get healed and some receive Jesus immediately after the healing but it's different when it's in a child of God it should be different when it's in a child of God there's a confidence you must have in your spirit that this thing has not attacked a normal person this circumstance has not attacked a normal person this challenge has not attacked a normal human being. It has attacked a child of God. And I'm going to deal with it as a child of God. There is more to you than what the world sees. They might not see it because you look like them. But don't be mistaken. You're not them. Somebody Richard, hallelujah. The Bible says he gave us power to become sons. He didn't just make us sons. He gave us power to become sons sons. Oh, who has understood what I just said? He gave us power to become sons of God. Power to become sons. Power to become sons. That means all manner of sonship if derived from God the Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, it comes with some power. You cannot live like an ordinary person. You cannot die like an ordinary person. You cannot suffer the things ordinary people suffer and settle You refuse and say, I'm a child of God. I have the life of God in me. Greater is he which is in me than he which is in the world. I cannot die. I cannot fail. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. You speak it until you get tired. And when you get tired and your mouth cannot speak it, your head starts to speak it. I'm in this trouble, but I'm a child of God. I have a debt, but I am a child of God. I'm behind schedule, but I'm a child of God. The doctor gave me a bad report on my womb, but I'm a child of God. They say my kidneys cannot function, but I am a child of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. He gave us power to become. To become. To become. Power to become. Do you know that's the mystery of grace? There are three fundamental pillars of the ministry of grace and one of the most fundamental ones is the power to become anything you're willing to believe God for. If it's agreeable to the word of God, Otherwise, such liberties as whatsoever you ask would not be in Scripture. He's given you the ability and grace to ask whatsoever you desire when you pray. Whatsoever. He's saying there is nothing so big for me. It's in your head. It's not me. It's in your thoughts. It's not me. It's in your interpretation. It's not me. It's in your doctrines. It's in your theology. But it's not me. When it comes to me. There is a place of liberty with which a man matures into where whatsoever he desires, when he prays, that man receives it. God is not a liar. I said God is not a liar. See, some of you have things and you think, ah, this one, yes, I can ask, but this one I cannot. Or this one I can ask, but I don't think God fixes this. No, the problem is you're not God. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so Job asked a fundamental question. In the 24th chapter, the first verse, where I want to build something from today. For example, he says, Why, seeing that times are not hidden from the Almighty, do they that know him not see his days? Fundamental question. If God is the author of life, he's the author of time. He's the creator of the universe. He has all set in his heart and the understanding of days to come. Job asked, why is it that they which know him cannot see his days? If I know God, and I'm one with God, and he has control over everything in the world, in the knowledge of him, then I ought to see with his eyes the days that are ahead of me. You see, that's why I tell people, and I've said this many times, in the New Testament, The future was never meant to be a mystery in the New Testament. In fact, it's total immaturity to wait for a person to see into your future. You have not yet matured. It's immaturity. Do you know the function of the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you know what it means to be an embodiment of the Holy Spirit. Remember it's God in three persons. The Holy Spirit is God. He is God and He is in you by the mystery of regeneration. When you became born again, the person of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says who searches the bottomless things. Now I want you to understand that the person of the Holy Spirit searches the bottomless things of God. And He reveals them to us. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Now if the person of the Holy Spirit searches things men will never search, how can He, which abides in you, not show you things to come? What does the Bible say? When He comes, which is the Spirit of truth, He will guide you, listen, into what? All truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall here, that shall he what? Speak. Listen. And he will show you things to come. The person of the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. Not your prophet. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Am I against the prophetic? No, I prophesy. I see also. And that's the truth. But as a prophet, I'm supposed to be secondary information. I'm simply supposed to confirm what is already revealed to you by the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the mystery of the new Bible. I don't know why people never understand this. You have a problem. If somebody has to dig you out and tell you who bewitched you. You have a problem if you have to go to somebody to tell you why you're sick. So what's the responsibility of this person living in the inside of you? Has he not promised that he'll show you things to come? So why is it that you have the one which can project your destiny, but you don't have the place and provision to hear him or that if at least he shows you reveals reveals they are taken. You see, some of us don't really understand what the devil steals. When the Bible says that the devil comes but to steal, kill and destroy, but he am come that you might have life and have him more abundantly. Some of us don't understand what the devil really steals. Let me tell you, the devil doesn't need your computer. Some people think, oh, the devil stole my computer because he used some guy to steal your computer. That's not what he has stolen. They have not stolen of you because they've taken your computer. Oh, did somebody get it? They have not stolen of you because they took your phone in a car. Let me tell you a mystery. Nothing can be stolen from a man who has access to the infinite things of God. Nothing. Let me give you an example. Let me give you a typical example. Okay? Tim Cook is the CEO of what? Of Apple. Now imagine Tim Cook is driving on some boulevard decks. And then a young man comes and snatches his phone away. Tim Cook. And then, oh, it's gone. How do you expect Tim to respond? No, no, just think about it. Tim will go back the next day and tell him, oh, somebody took my phone. Don't worry, sir. We're going to set you up one right away. Just give us a second. And then they're going to go and then get a brand new iPhone from the store Because, hey, this is Apple, where more than 200 and something million pieces are made every year from. Then they're going to bring it to this guy, and he's going to put in his iCloud password and everything, and everything will synchronize. And so, within 30 or 20 minutes, Tim will have a brand new iPhone with everything, or perhaps even what the thief stole. You know, there's a technology to even kill it, isn't it? Or even locate it. But he might not even want to locate it because he has no time to go downtown. Mm -mm. That one is not stolen from. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, the thief cometh but to steal. What does he really steal? What does the thief come to really steal? Because they broke into your house and took out your radio. Let me tell you something. I know people in life whom God would even allow to break into their houses to deliver them from old things. That's not stealing. That's deliverance. That's deliverance. That's not stealing. Because if they stole your phone on Ginger Road and the next day somebody brought you a brand new phone with a letter year, newer than the one they stole, that was God replacing. He was tired, but you were not yet You are a child of the Most High God. Paul says whether things present or things to come. He says, all are yours and ye are Christ's. The Bible says of his fullness have we received. So God assesses the fullness of the Godhead. And then He gives you everything that pertains to life and godliness. And then blesses you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But it's the awakening of the consciousness to align yourself to the way and mind of the Spirit. That if any of those things happen, you could actually laugh in the middle of it. Because you know you are a child of God. Let's just say you have a whole warehouse full of 200 mercedes Benzes or 500 mercedes Benzes, and it's all there. Let me use your example. Uh, And then you don't find one on the street. And all of them which are in the warehouse are the same. They're the same make, same model. And then you don't find one on the streets. What's wrong with you? How many can you drive every one moment? Do you understand what I'm saying? If they stole one laptop of the millions of laptops you have in a warehouse, how do you lose appetite over that one laptop? That's not a man who is stolen from. You must understand the ways of the spirit. You are taken from if you don't carry the power to replace better. That's taken from. That's being robbed. That's being plundered. And the mystery there is in the place of access. There is tell people, you are as rich or as poor as how much you are able to access when you need it. That's how you know your worth. That's how you know your worth. The world has net worth. In the spirit realm, we have another definition of that worth. It's in how much you are able to access when you need it. The question is, when you need food, can you get it? When you need a home, can you get it? When you need something, can you get it? If you have access to it, you're not poor. Neither do you lack. Even when it's taken, you can put it back immediately. That's not a man who is robbed for. Because you still have the power to bring it. So what does the devil really steal? The devil steals revelation. The devil steals knowledge. You remember how the scriptures tell us of the farmer that went sowing seed? Huh? The four facets of hearing God, I have a sermon on that. In Mark 4.15, it says that there are those which are sown by the wayside. The Bible says, when these people have heard the word, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. He takes it away. If you read that from the Amplified Version, if you'll help me, he says, and these are they which are by the wayside. The Bible says, when they hear the word, Satan comes at once, listen, by force and takes away the message which is sown in their heart. You see, he takes away the message by force. That's a real stealing. You are not stolen from when you have retained revelation because it's the power of access. That's what God has magnified. Remember in Isaiah, He has magnified revelation and instruction to glorify men. He knows what will keep you up. He knows what will propel you. He knows what will promote you. He knows what will advantage you in life. He knows the power of advancement and He has put it in the mystery of revelation. The power of instruction. If a man can keep what God has given them and the devil cannot take it, that man is not stolen from Because he knows if he can steal that word given you, he can destroy you. He can kill you and destroy you. Remember, they die for a lack of knowledge. If you know the stuff that kills men, some of you, would sleep on sermons, wake up on the word, eat the word like lunch, take it as dinner, because this is the difference between you being alive and you being dead. Not what some random woman is doing a few kilometers away in Mitiana in a shrine. Who understands what I'm saying? Why don't they bewitch us? Are you following what I'm saying? Why do they bewitch you? Why don't they bewitch us? Are you following what I'm saying? Satan is not intimidated with your prayer, if it carries no revelation and experience of God. He's not intimidated because you're fasting for 40 days. Satan has never stolen prayer. Satan has never stolen fasting. It's not written anywhere in scripture. He knows where his threat is, the word. He knows when you have it in your heart, you can bring trouble. This thing is able to bring trouble in the world. So that's why Daniel asks, this God of whom all days and seasons are revealed, he knows the end of all things and he knows the future. Why is it that they that know him cannot see his days? Why are they blind from the future? Why can they not tell what's coming? Why is it that they cannot fix what's ahead of them? Why is it that they cannot fix their bodies? And here is the answer, verses 2. He said, some remove." the landmarks, ayah. Let me go a bit deep here. Some remove the landmarks. Some remove, another word, the boundaries. And I'll tell you what they are. I've said it once before, but I never fully explained it, that the spirit realm is a realm of boundaries. It's a realm of landmarks. It's a realm of milestones that define certain boundaries in the spirit. And the Bible says, remove not the essence landmarks of your forefathers. Do not enter the field of the fatherless. What does that mean? In the spirit realm, there are marks of boundaries every one of us has. And these boundaries or landmarks define three things. Number one, they define your positioning in the spirit realm. Not all of us Are positioned in the same places spiritually what do I mean by positioning without positioning we have no ranks in the spirit without ranks we cannot interpret how much we are able to influence according to the ranks that we have in the spirit it's like people who are in the army different ranks are able to do different things they are able to avail certain commands that certain ranks cannot command. And likewise, some ranks are commanded by other ranks. They're covered by other ranks. Are you following what I'm saying? If somebody's ranked higher than you, they have power above you, whether you believe it or not. Are you following? And if somebody's ranked below you, you have power above them. Not over, but above. You get the difference? I use the word above, not over. So when the psalmist says that I have not behaved with a heart that is haughty, nor have I exercised myself in matters higher than I, he knows that he cannot exercise himself in places where his rank cannot relate. Some of you must understand how the spirit realm works. And I've seen people in trouble because they have attempted to function in places their ranks cannot allow them. Remember the sons of Sceva? They come and say, oh, you, devils, in the name of who? Jesus Christ, whom Paul preaches. We rebuke you. Get out of these men. Get, get out of these men. And you know what happens? The Bible says the devils tear them and beat these men almost to death. Why? They're trying to exercise authority. One day, <laughs> I was in the university, and this girl gets some manifestations. Girl was from Tanzania. And uh, I was in a room with a group of people who were praying. And then (laughs) the Spirit tells me somebody is possessed by a devil in the back and it's about to get on her and she's going to run out and run into something. He wanted to kill her. So the moment the Spirit told me that, I ran immediately to the door and stood on the door. And in about five seconds from the time I stood on the door, a girl ran straight woo, 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 and turns. There it was spirit on her and it was going to go through this door and i was on the door so I, I knew and so the moment this thing came i commanded come back in the name of jesus and when i screamed like that the power of god hits this girl, woo, and throws her in the room boom and then everybody was scared and then we walked to the girl to pray for her and this demon stands up through the girl. I was standing here and there was another man of God here. Then he turns and tells this man of God, he can rebuke me. It pointed at me, he can rebuke me, but you, I'm coming back and I'm going to kill you. (laughs) I'd never seen anything like that. He, he pointed at me, he can rebuke me, but you, you, I'm going to come for you. Let them take me out, I'm coming for you. Then I told the thing, go! Oh, I've gone. And it lifted and the girl stood up and she was no more. So I stayed curious for my friend. I wanted to know how, what will he do? How, how, how will he fix this? And let me tell you something. It came for him. I'm telling you the truth. It came for him. He messed up his life. He almost lost it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Have we all been given power? Yes. But are we all positioned in revelation and understanding of what we have by God? No. What some can kill, kills others. You understand what I'm saying? So your boundary positions you. Number two, your boundary or your landmarks define how much you are able to influence in the world of men. I've told about the crown. It's your crown. Your boundary, your landmarks are your crown. They define how much you are able to influence in the world. Because some of you have this delusion that God has just called you to be just good husband to your wife and a good father to your children. And, you know, go and earn your bread of sorrow and live a good life and die. No! He said, I send you in the world. He did not say, I send you in your family. No, your family is part of the world. But he sends you in the world. Do you know that everyone here has the ability, everyone at the sound of my voice, has the ability to change this world? That's why the Bible is so dangerous. So these landmarks define how much you are able to influence either in your career, either in your art, or your craft, or your invention, whatever God has given you, your skill, your talent, whatever God has given you, it was never meant to just... See, when he says occupy until I come, he's saying I'm not drawing how far or how much you can go. You define how much you can go. All I told you or commanded you to do was to occupy until I come. That means continue doing big for God until I return. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Shout glory to God. Lastly, your landmark defines how much power you will have over everything God has given to you, spiritual or physical. I'm not talking about not influencing the world, but I'm talking about the power over your gifting, the power over your wealth. Let me give you an example. Do you know there are people, if they become rich now, they can die tomorrow morning. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, they have not the power to eat, and a stranger comes and eateth thereof. It's an evil disease, he said, and it's common among men. Somebody writes a deal, it's a project, it's millions of dollars, and then some random cockroach, I use the word cockroach, steals it, and they approve it on his name. They approve it on his name. Do you understand what I'm saying? Without boundaries spiritually, your gifting is not protected. It can corrupt or kill you if it's not under guarded. One time there's this Assyrian fellow that sets himself against the children of Israel. I think you can go in Isaiah chapter 10, verses 13. And he says, if you read the Amplified, for the Assyrian king has said, now he's speaking of when he attacks Israel, the children of Israel. He says, I have done it solely by the power of my hand and wisdom For I have insight and understanding. I have removed the boundaries of the people and have robbed their treasures. You see, when you remove the boundaries or landmarks, the word their boundaries is also landmarks. When I remove their boundaries, I rob them of their treasures. And like a bull, I brought down those who sat on the thrones and the inhabitants. That means they were demoted spiritually and physically they were demoted. Let me tell you this. You don't just lose a job. They don't just fire you except if at the firing you're supposed to be elevated or God will open some bigger but I know people who have fired 20 years ago 15 years ago four years ago and they've never worked again I told you a story once of a woman who lost everything after having made a lot of wealth and for 17 years she was unemployed she comes to me I pray for her she gets a visa goes to the UK gets a job and the moment she gets a job she becomes blind are you following what I'm saying Anyway, the Assyrian says that I've removed the boundaries of the people and I've robbed their treasures. And like a bull, I have brought down those who sat on the thrones and the inhabitants. And my hand has formed like a nest, the wealth of the people. And as one gathers eggs, they are forsaken. So I have gathered all the earth and there was none that moved its wing or that opened its mouth or chopped. These people to the Assyrian became like birds. And all their wealth was plundered before their hands and there was nothing they could do. They have no boundaries over what God has given them. So it's possible to have a million dollars and have the grace to keep it. You must carry a certain landmark or boundary in the spirit. Your protection is not in the things you see physically. Never think about it that way. Your protection is not in the banks where you keep the money. No. You can get a problem and go and withdraw everything and lose it all. Haven't you seen it? Haven't you seen it? The protection of a nation is not in its treasuries. Are you following what I'm saying? Recently, I was reading of a country, Sri Lanka. These guys are indebted. Their inflation has gone up to 130%. 130% inflation. Don't they have systems? They do. But something has plundered that nation, and it's spiritual. It's not physical. At one point... They were richer than many countries around them. One family has brought that nation down totally, totally. Decisions are made and they don't even know who or how they were inspired. But for some reason, there was some demonic quack happening under the curtains and it has destroyed the destiny of a nation and they are going to need many decades to recover. The children now, some have been sent back home because the nation cannot afford paper. It's happening in 2022. Don't they have economists? Don't they have planners? Don't they have people who can budget? Don't they have people who have degrees and PhDs in whatever field is necessary to keep the nation afloat? They do. But all of that is not profitable and it is nothing because what is happening to that dear nation is spiritual. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have met people who, when you hear them talk, they don't have a reason to be poor. Have you ever met people like that? You hear a guy talking and you ask, how is this guy with everything he knows poor? But yes, he's poor. He's plundered. Because what was stolen is not even the money. Something in him was taken. There's a veil covering everything that he carries. That if he should fight out, it must be a fight. It must have some struggle, some sort of strife. They don't just break free like that. They don't just wake up and they will apply and they will get a job. They have to go through all manner of hardship. And every day they keep hoping. He's 30, he hopes. He's 40, he hopes. He gets 50, he's still hoping. He's 70 and they bury him and he goes to heaven or hell. I don't know. But he kept hoping that something will change. But as you continue to grow, some learn to count their losses and accept, you know, maybe I might never be this, I might never do that, I might never make it here, I might never do that. And I'm here to tell you, all of that is just the physical interpretation of your life. But maybe you might be planned and you don't know. You might be spoiled spiritually and you do not know. You might be out of position and you do not know. The cloud that is supposed to introduce the influence of God on your life might have been frustrated in a way that even where your name is mentioned, it cannot be mentioned where advantage of progress is mentioned. Some of you, if your name has to be mentioned, they have to be planning to retrench. If we need to fire a few people, that's why your name comes up. Why? Somebody shout hallelujah, shout glory to God. God has called us to know how to set our boundaries, right? Let me give you an example of something that blew me in Deuteronomy 32, verse 7. Let me choke you a bit the right way. Deuteronomy 32, verse 7. Now this is a reality and a fundamental spiritual law that has existed as long as time has existed on the earth. He says, remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee the elders, and they will tell thee that when the Most High divided to the nations, their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, the Bible says he set bounds or the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Let me first let that sink. When you ask your forefathers and the elders that have existed before, men of the spirit, ancient anointings, and put them down they will all tell you this one thing that when the most high divided to the nations their inheritances, when he separated the sons of Adam he set the bounds or the landmarks or the boundaries of the people according to the number of the children of Israel what does that mean that when God was distributing inheritance on the earth according to nations every boundary of this nation, whatever nation there is, and I'm not talking about your physical nation, because the way you define nations is not the way God defines nations. Huh? Separate what the white people did in a certain church somewhere, and the next Africa, and, you know, broke Rwanda off Burundi and Uganda. Those are not the boundaries I'm talking about. Because men drew those boundaries, those are not the boundaries that the heaven has recorded. Did you know that? But even God has a definition of nation. And this amazed me that the boundaries of these nations as to how god has drawn them are different from the boundaries of how men have drawn these boundaries so don't think that because uganda is shaped in a certain shape heaven has recorded it because a man divided it that way did you understand what i just said because before these people who came to divide these nations came with interests the british had interests the portuguese had interests. The Dutch had interests. The French had interests. Now, it takes a colonized mind to keep thinking that because the man with interest came and designated this and called it Uganda, therefore God has defined a destiny on top of a man's selfish interest. Because they called it Uganda, heaven doesn't know Uganda. Heaven doesn't know nations as to how men define them. But you see, when you live under a very long colonized mind and then it's adopted in your tradition and culture, it can become so much a part of your work life that it almost as though becomes so normal and the way to do things. It's like recently I was talking to a judge and I asked them, 2022, I've seen black judges putting on a white wig. Have you ever asked yourself, why in 2022, somebody told a black judge that the only way you can judge is with a white head? Did you understand what I just said? Why would a black man put on a white wig? What makes his judgment sound and sober because he has put on a white wig? Whose was it? They're trying to tell us that without a white head, you cannot judge. Or at least if you're not white, put it on. Ha. Huh. It has become so a part of our lives. So it is with nations. Go down and see nations like you named them under your political masters. But he still has a defined mind on nations. He has boundaries. He has annexed them too according to the way of heaven. Are you following what I'm saying? Now those are the ones. Those are the ones he says in Deuteronomy that when he divided the nations, their inheritance, that this nation should have this inheritance, this inheritance, this inheritance, this inheritance, this inheritance. The Bible says, he set the boundaries of people according to the number of the children of God. The English Standard Version uses the word children of God. What do you think that means? Simple English. English Standard Version. Read. 1, 2, let's go. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, He fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. Now, do you understand why when he meets Abraham, he tells him, I will make you a great nation. When he meets Isaac, he tells him, I will make you a great nation. Even Ishmael, who was not God's choice, when Abraham prayed for him, he said, I shall make him a great nation also. Literally meaning, spiritually. (laughs) But you see, it is hard to explain it to a man believing God for rent tonight. Now, I want to slap your brain out of rent and place you where God has truly positioned you. And the Bible says they remove the landmarks. They remove the boundaries. This is one of them. When you rob yourself with your true blessing and positioning by God, because you don't have the revelation and understanding remember now he prophesies the future of them which shall transform and change nations he says a little one shall become a thousand and a small one a strong nation and I the Lord will hasten it in this time now because the oracles of God are timeless you can claim it in this time who understands what I'm saying The smallest among us, if they say, that's a small, that's a small Christian. That's some little guy who lives down the road. The Bible says he shall become a nation. Do you understand what I'm saying? He shall become a nation. But how many people are able to comprehend this when all of these years when you studied God, you were told a different light, you were given a different understanding, you were shown a different interpretation, and then you removed the boundaries that were set by God of your inheritance, and then you rebelled against the light. In fact, if you go again back to Job, when you go down to the 13th verse of the 24th chapter, he says, they are those that rebel against the light because they know not the ways they are of, nor abide in the parts thereof. They're not rebellious because they have said no, but they're rebellious because they do not know the way of the light, neither its parts, how it works. They're not rebellious because they don't want to do what's right, but they don't even know what's right. They don't know the way of the Spirit and how God has designed the world to be. It is so absurd that a Christian would ask God for a plot of land with such an inheritance. That is why he provokes them through Psalms. In Psalms 2, verses 8, he says, Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for your inheritance. He can even give you the heathen. He can even give you the heathen. He can give you the heathen. He can give you the heathen. That means he can set you with power above all that not believe. And he says, At the uttermost parts of the earth, for thy position you are supposed to be a nation you individually are supposed to be a nation i know you might be renting a two-bedroom house but it doesn't change the word glory to god i know that you might have a debt up to the sky and back but it doesn't change the word of god i know that probably you've spent six years without money or seven years without anything useful or 20 years without anything Going forward, I probably know you've been coming out of debt and debt and probably you were taken to prison and back because you could not pay loan, but that still doesn't change the fact that toward God, there is an affixed boundary spiritually prepared for your influence and people God has given you to interpret the God-given dream on your life. Let me tell you, if every Christian understood this, or at least every born-again Christian. The 600, so to speak, spoken of Pentecostal, born-again charismatic evangelical believers across the world will be in charge of this world. That's why the Bible is dangerous. Because it questions political, geopolitical, and socio-economic systems. It tells you that the way the world has set its systems is not the way God has set you to function. And God is not telling you to interrupt it and frustrate it. No, no, no. Don't break the way of men. Just break out in your awakening and create your world. Who has understood it. Don't break the systems that are standing. No. You build your own according to the God-given dream on your spirit. And define your course. And then after, teach God so those which can believe can follow. But this is what I know for sure. That those boundaries are already defined. And they are according to our names and numbers. That means, even on the earth, you have an inheritance. That is not a posh house in Muyenga. A good house in Hollywood. No, that's nothing. I'm talking about the responsibility that comes with so much power to change the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. God has not called you to only influence people around you. God has called you to influence the world. That's your world. That's your nation. That's who you are. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, this kind of liberation and deliverance, not many can understand it because I'm not rebuking a generational curse. I'm not rebuking that thing that bewitched you on Tuesday. I'm talking about your real bondage, the real issue that some of us really, God should help us understand and comprehend the responsibility and power of this that I've just said. If you understood this, Because this is something I've studied for so many years and I have applied, fasted, positioned, aligned, acquired, done everything that I know to do. I'm not where I think I should be, but I'm on a journey. But this is how I know that this far that I've walked with God concerning this thing, it works. Let me ask you a question. It's not intending to bust. It's intended to open somebody's eyes. Do you know in the first five years of Funeral Ministries, we were holding the biggest weekly meeting in this nation. Do you know 2022? We're holding the biggest weekly meeting in this nation. Do you know that? Now, I'm not doing this to compare myself with anybody. That's foolish. I'm giving you this as a testimony to tell you that we are on a journey. And it's not about numbers. No. It's about the world, the world. Every time you come here, we are equipping you to define your world too. And go out into that world and shine and influence tens and tens of thousands of people through what God has given you. You might not be on the pulpit like I am, that's okay. But wherever you are, brother, you better shine. Somebody shout hallelujah. Wherever you are, sister, you better shine. Wherever you are, you better make your mark. Wherever you are, you better define your influence Ali. Wherever you are, you better break out of that box, break out of that window, break out of that egg, break out of that limitation, break out of that thing and roll. Because we are called to change this world. We are called to do big for God. You were not called to be normal people. Tap somebody and tell them you're not normal. Refuse to be normal. Yes. Hey, I know that you have an 8 to 6 p.m. job, but that's okay. That still doesn't make you normal. I know that you have bosses and raise balance score cards and you are assessed But that still doesn't make you normal. I know that you have a business downtown and you open your shop every day at 6 a.m., but that doesn't make you normal. I know that you're a mother of three, but that ain't make you normal. I know that you are married, but that doesn't make you normal. I know that you're a student in a university, but that doesn't make you normal. I know that you're a musician or an artist somewhere, but that doesn't make you normal. It does not make you normal. I know you eat their food, sleep like them, you know, you rest like them. You walk like them, you talk like them, you see things like them, you articulate like them, but. God does not make you normal he said you're the head and not the tail he said you are above and not beneath you shall be above only and thou shall not be beneath you shall be above only above only Deuteronomy 28 13 you shall be above only you shall be the head and not the tail may i prophesy upon your life that wherever you are i don't care how many steps are up but i decree and i declare that one day not far from now you shall be on top of that company on top of that business on top of that career on top of that dream on top of that invention on top of that innovation on top of that construct on top on top somebody scream i'm the head another tale. God has not set you last. You will never be last. You cannot be last. You are a city set on a hill. You are the light of the world. You cannot be heed. You might go through too much, but eventually you will land where you were supposed to be. Oh my goodness, I washed toilets of churches, but there was something telling me that even now I'm washing a toilet of a church, I don't belong here. I slashed compounds of churches, but I kept telling myself that this is not where I belong. It is only a journey. It is the beginning. It is not the end. Somebody shout hallelujah. It doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter where you are. You can even be a t-girl somewhere but telepa. it doesn't matter whether you're a t-girl it doesn't matter whether you're an office messenger it does not matter whether you're a security guard come on somebody one day one day one day, one day. those who you never thought to look for you will look for you one day Those who you never thought you can come close will be the one running to come close to you. And I'm prophesying now. Do not remove your landmark. Abraham went ahead of you and he was the father of nations. Don't remove that mark. You are a child of Abraham. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Tell your neighbor we come from a lineage of great men we come from a lineage of great people our kind don't fail our kind don't die early our kind write marks our kind live history our kind define posterity oh our kind change nations and yet as Fanero, we've not yet started can you believe it can you scream and say i'm a nation in the mighty name of Jesus, take just a few minutes and connect your spirit to the word that has just been spoken tonight. You
0: have turned me, well. me well. You have turned me well. You have turned me well. Jesus you have turned me well you have turned me well You have turned me well Jesus you have done me well come on pray you have turned me well. You have turned me well, Jesus. You have turned me well. You have turned me well. You have turned me well, Jesus. Let's go. You have turned me well, you love. Turn me well, you are me well,
1: Jesus. Come on, talk to God. Come on, allow that word to consume you. Allow it to possess you. Allow it to have its planting in your life. Come on, pray
0: on cose Jesus on cose su on on
1: come on talk to god get this thing in your spirit possess it and take it as yours say it is mine it is for my household it is for my children it is for my family it is mine in the name of jesus Maro sibara degosi karararaba. Thank you, Holy Ghost! Allow me to declare these words over you. I decree and I declare in the name of Jesus that the Word of God that has come out this evening you have received entirely to the glorification of God and expansion of his kingdom. I decree in the name of Jesus that the earth responds to you this way from today. The things that are living and the things that are not living are responding to you according to this word today. The systems of men that have been said in the world, those that are readable and those which are not readable, are interpreting you this way from today in the name of Jesus. Kings are going to come to your rising. Gentiles are going to come to your light. Strangers are going to serve you. Your name will be mentioned in places of influence power and affluence you will not be ordinary wherever you will go in whatever you will touch there shall be a multiplication of God as of such that is not of usual men I decree upon your life in the name of Jesus that the next days and years ahead of you are going to be years of bright lights as the Bible says that the path of the just shines brighter and brighter and to a perfect day I decree and I declare that you will leave to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You will not die early. You will not faint. You will not regress. You will not backslide in the name of Jesus. I see that God will give you life. I see that he will give you health. I see that he will preserve you. To see his goodness. To fulfill his purposes and plan in the mighty name of Jesus. I see nations coming to you. I see presidents listening to you. I see prime ministers listening to you. I see the wise of this world calling you wise the great of this world calling you great (laughs) the knowledgeable of this world calling you knowledgeable the strong of this world calling you strong the mighty of this world calling you mighty in Jesus mighty name give the Lord a miracle of praise come on clap like you know what God has done clap like you know what boundary you have set tonight clap like you know that your days ahead are great your eyes to see your next 10 years he opens your eyes to see your next 20 years he opens your eyes to see the wicked one and deal with the things that you must deal with before the time comes in jesus mighty name you are above attack you are above frustration you are above terror you are above violence in the name of jesus clap for jesus thank you lord now as we finish Those of you who say, you know, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Today, I want that Jesus. Today, not tomorrow, not next week, but today. Those of you who say, today, I want to receive that Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You're going to repeat these words after me. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. I believe today with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you were my Lord and Savior. Change me, transform me, lead me, heal me.
0: at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero. Make manifest.